0: once again folks and welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. Yes, we still do host this podcast, believe it or not, covering uh, the world of high school sports in the state of Connecticut and uh, and other interesting topics when we get the chance. My name is Joel Cookson. We have been on a long hiatus. It was, uh, we got through the winter championships and exhaled and then all of a sudden it's uh, May. I don't know how the heck that happened. We had some technical difficulties as well that uh, that kept the podcast on the shelf for uh, way, way, way too long, but we are very, very happy. I don't know why I always say we. I am very happy that you've uh, hopefully come back into the fold for us because we have a really, really exciting episode for you this week, episode 89 of the CIA cast, I believe this is, and uh, I'm really excited because we've got some great guests, some uh, hopefully some great conversations coming up covering the world of high school sports and some other interesting topics. So we'll uh, we'll get to that. Coming up on this edition of the CIAC cast, leading things off for us, from the Connecticut Sun, Shine Ogumake, who is going to serve as the keynote speaker at the CIAC Scholar Athlete Banquet this weekend, where we will honor 348 of the very best senior student athletes in the state of Connecticut. So we are very excited to talk to her get a little preview of, uh, of what she may have in store for our guests at the Scholar Athlete Banquet this weekend. Then we will ch- talk with Jeff Perlman, uh, sports writer for the Athletic, best-selling author, used to write for Sports Illustrated. Uh, wonderful, wonderful writer. He wrote a piece uh, that we saw, that I saw, on the Athletic uh, a few weeks ago about his daughter and uh, her athletic participation, and it uh, inspired me so much that I got in touch with Jeff, and uh, he was kind enough to to reach out and and t- spend a few minutes uh, with us talking about that story and uh, and what he's learned from that and some of his thoughts on athletic participation. So looking forward to that conversation with Jeff Perlman. And then uh, closing things out, one of our favorite CIC cast guests, Mr. Joe Palladino from the Waterbin- Waterbury, that's the uh, the town there, Waterbury, Republican American. He's got, uh, has written a bunch of great stories of late that I want to check in with him about. And just in general, I like to get Joe on the phone because he's a great talker and he's always got good stories and good interesting things to say about the world of high school sports. So kind of all over the place this week. We got uh, Shine Ogumake. Jeff Perlman, Joe Paladino, that's our lineup for this edition of the CIAC Cast. As always, we hope you will uh, check out the CIAC Cast on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher. That's where you can find us. If you listen to us on iTunes, uh, please subscribe, rate us, leave us a review. Those are things that we really enjoy. If you want to uh, keep up to date with the CIAC, uh, go to CIACsports.com. That's the website. The Twitter account is at CIC Sports facebookcom slash Sports. We're on Instagram now too. CIAC Sports there as well. Trying to use that uh, social media media channel a little bit more. And uh, and as always, you can email us at the uh, the CIACcast, which is just CIACcast. That's a lot of C's in there. I know CIACcast at C A S C I A C. O-R-G. So let us know if there's uh, topics. Hopefully, we will be back in our regular rotation here, posting a new episode just every other week or so as we head, believe it or not, into the uh, the stretch of the spring season. It has flown by, particularly when uh, I'm not posting podcasts. So. We are very happy to be back. We are—I'm uh, very excited to talk to our guests this week. Some uh, some good conversations coming up, I think, uh, from some really interesting people. So I'm excited about it. Hope you are as well. Again, please subscribe uh, to the podcast. You can rate us, leave us a review on iTunes. Would love that. Uh, and uh, check us out everywhere. We are uh, we are getting going here. So the uh, the spring season is uh, hopefully the weather is going to allow some games to actually be played. As we move towards uh, the the end of the spring season and the end of the 2017-18 uh, school year, so. Before we get to our guests, we like to quickly run through some things you might have missed on CIACsports.com. And my goodness, have we missed some things because uh, I haven't been here in a few uh, or haven't been posting I- in a month or so here on the CIAC cast. But uh, a few quick stories. Uh, as always, we've got the weekly editions of Linked Up, uh, which include some stories from our guests, uh, Joe Palladino and that article that I mentioned on The Athletic that we're going to uh, talk with Jeff Perlman about. You can find that in an edition of linked up Uh, a couple other stories there. A save the date for the New England Student Leadership Conference, which will be July 17th through 20th. Keep an eye on CIACsports.com for the actual registration, but get that date down. That's a wonderful opportunity for student leaders. Uh, we did a new student spotlight. That's one of the uh, recurring features on CIACsports.com, where we just uh, we pick a, a student from a school that uh, the school has told us is a representative uh, student-athlete. We write a little profile on them. So check out the story on Emily Bushnell from Hale Ray High School. That was a lot of fun to write uh, uh, really outstanding young woman there at, uh, at Hale Ray. Wrote a story about uh, this great organization, lacks to Live, which is uh, using the sport of lacrosse to help talk about some of the difficult issues surrounding uh, mental health and suicide awareness. Really, excuse me, really important topic there. Hope you'll check out that story on CICsports.com. And then some uh, some bittersweet news on CICsports.com as well. Our uh, executive director, Carissa Niehoff, who has uh, joined us on the podcast a time or two, uh, Good news for her, she has been selected as the new executive director for the National Federation of High School Associations, uh, which is great news, and we're very thrilled for her. But, of course, it means that we will be looking for a new executive director. So uh, all of that can be found on CICsports.com as well. So keep an eye out for that. As always, Tournament Central is a great place uh, if you're interested in information about the upcoming CIAC Championships. uh, Subscribe for email and text alerts. I've been promoting this a lot with uh, the spring in particular, uh, the rain, all that fun stuff. Uh, You won't have to email the coach. You won't have to call the school to find out if your game, your son's game, your daughter's game has been cancelled. You'll get notified as soon as they make a decision and enter it in our system. So that's a a great way to keep up to date with schedule changes, which unfortunately are a uh, a, a bug not a, a feature not a bug of uh of spring sports in connecticut it seems uh right now so that's things you might have missed on cic of course we also like to before we get to our guests um Pass along that friendly reminder from uh, our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. Look, please do not text and drive. Keep your phone away. I swear to God, this morning on my way to work today, I saw a school bus driver with his phone out. I almost swerved in front of his car just to tell him to put the stupid phone down. He, uh, But uh, that's the kind of stuff that you see, and it drives you crazy. You know it's not safe. Everybody knows it's not safe. Uh, keep your phone parked away. One text or call could wreck it all. That's the message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. So with that long preamble now hopefully out of the way, let's get to our guests. As I said, the Scholar Athlete Banquet. This is the biggest event the uh, CASCIC puts on all year. We honor one male and one female student, senior student athlete from each of our CIAC member schools. Or w- They're all eligible, not every school uh submits them. But uh, these are the folks that have been outstanding scholar-athletes their entire careers, and we honor them at our Scholar-Athlete Banquet. As I said, 348 seniors this year. We're expecting about 1,800 people in attendance, and they will be there, and they will be listening to our next get- our first guest, uh, Shanae Abutugumake from the Connecticut Sun, WNBA star. Let's hear what Shanae has to say and what she's planning to talk about at this weekend's Scholar-Athlete Banquet. The annual CAST C.I.C. Scholar-Athlete Banquet will be this coming Sunday, and we are very excited to have with us today on the C.I.C. cast our keynote speaker for that event, Shine Ogumake of the M- Connecticut uh, Sun. Shine, thanks so much for being with us. My
1: pleasure. Glad to join.
0: We are very excited to uh, to have the opportunity to talk with you today and uh, and to hear what you have to say on Sunday. So, uh uh, I just wanted to start out, I guess, by asking you, you know, we uh, we bring in folks to to serve as our keynote speaker for this event every year. And and we look for people that we think are going to be able to share a great message with our our scholar leaders. So I just wanted to ask you, you know, what was the what was the, uh, you know, exciting about this opportunity to uh, to speak to our scholar athletes? What was appealing to you about uh, coming in and serving as our keynote speaker this year?
1: Well, first and foremost, a lot of people see me and they they know that I'm a WNBA player. I play basketball. That's my profession. But um, before any of that, I was just a kid. A kid that was a nerd. Mm -hmm. And I loved school. Um, I was raised in a household that really prioritized academics, and that was first and foremost. So any chance I get to talk to the the rising generation of of leaders, which essentially are those high school achievers, um, I I really jump at because it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, My mom She was an assistant principal when I was in middle school. She's now graduated all the way up to assistant superintendent of our school district, so education is something that's really important to my household, and and to be able to share my story and... And let kids know that anything is possible. Like that's that's the number one thing for me.
0: Well, we're looking forward to it. And that uh, certainly, as you mentioned, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of captive leaders uh, in attendance for us on Sunday. You mentioned uh, you know your your focus on athletics and academics. You've you've enjoyed a lot of success in in both venues. Uh, from your perspective, having gone through all this and and you know now playing basketball professionally, how did you feel like? The, the two are related, that the academic success and the athletic success kind of uh, take from one and, and apply to each other.
1: So I think right now we have this big stereotype, especially within student-athletes, um, that you can't have both. You can't have academics and you can't have athletics. And, and in more of a general sense, you can't have academics in whatever you're really passionate about. You have to be all in on one or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's completely false. I think you can do a, a lot um, so I would say the, the biggest misconception we have is that we feel like we should be, you know, pigeonholed, pigeonholed into doing one thing and caring about one thing. It's really much, much bigger than that. And, and I learned at Stanford University that, hey, you can get the best of both worlds, whether it's you're passionate about sports, you're passionate about an instrument, you're passionate about, um, you know, whatever club you're in, you can get the best of both worlds. Uh, best of both worlds. And, and for me, just learning that I can take my academics as serious as I take my athletics, it turned into an overall mindset. I attack everything I do in life because i realized you can do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for girls, women, we're, we're known as multitaskers. So so I've just learned over time that, hey, you should never just think you're, my, my college coach would say, you're a one trick pony. You can go out there and do as much as you can with what you have and, and really try to let your influence grow, show in your community.
0: That's great. We certainly, uh, as we said, we'll have a lot of folks in attendance uh, who who have found a way to uh, to to make get that best of both worlds. And uh, I want to say, you know, without spoiling anything, or uh, for anybody who might be in attendance Sunday, can you give us just a general sense of of what kind of message that you do plan to share with uh, with these e- athletes and uh, and students who have uh, achieved so much already in their high school careers?
1: Well, I'll tell you, it's not perfect. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people see. Um, you know, professional athletes, and they're instantly celebrities in people's eyes. And, no, we're all human beings, and there were some definite growing pains. I've, I'll share a very, very um, embarrassing story about my, my middle school struggle stage and, <laughs> and how hard it was, you know, growing up with your mom as an assistant principal and then even the challenges I had at Stanford, my highs and lows, and even my challenges now in my professional career. So there's always challenges, and I think sharing a little bit of my pain will let you know that you can you can let that those adversities and those learning experiences really define you and make you stronger so They'll hear, you know, the. They won't just be hearing the good. They'll be hearing the bad and the uglies, but it's all funny because I think they can relate
0: to that. Well, and I'm sure they'll uh, they'll appreciate that uh, that it's all led you to uh, to where you are now, so that uh, they they can take from that that it's uh, it's not going to uh, any setbacks uh, aren't uh, don't have to be permanent. They're not going to keep them from uh, from getting where they uh, they want to go. So you mentioned uh, you know some of the the challenges that cropped up uh, uh, with your with your mom as the middle school uh, vice principal, but. Um, you know, what memories do you have of your high school career, either athletically or, or academically, that, that still stay with you? And, and how do you think your, your time and sort of those experiences in high school as a student-athlete kind of shaped uh, your career?
1: Well, I had a lot of great memories. I mean, I was involved in a lot of clubs, but primarily, obviously, I played basketball and volleyball in high school. And um, I won a state championship my sophomore year with my big sis. And then one of the biggest jumps in my career was uh, after she graduated, a lot of people underestimated my abilities as a leader myself because it was always Chine and NECA. My big sis was a big role in everything mm-hmm. I did. And then to win a state championship pretty much on my own, um, my senior year along with my team, but but as just, you know, the only Ubika on the team, it meant a lot to me. Yeah. And then while concurrently um graduating, choosing Stanford as a university to go to and then also being number two in my class, uh, it was all All um, just hard work, and that's that mentality I keep coming back towards, you know, attacking everything you do in life with a passion. So, yeah, those were those uh, defining high school experiences, winning two state championships and also being – second best in my class not the best the second best and i'm used to being second best because i'm a middle child
0: so well that happens and we won't ask you where the uh the number one kid in your class ended up we won't uh, we won't have to get into that if you've been uh you know following their career all these years kind of plotting but uh uh we'll, we'll let you uh, i don't want to take up too much of your time i know you just uh finished a practice you're in preseason here getting ready for the season but uh we're, we're looking forward to sunday and i just want to ask you kind of one one more question you mentioned all that success uh, in high school, but I'm curious, uh, you grew up in Texas. If Texas had had an event like this uh, and, and you had been uh, been chosen, as I'm sh- guessing you would have been from your high school, and you're sitting there and, and hearing somebody speak, I'm curious what you would have uh, you know, wanted to hear or, or sort of uh, thinking about it another way, you know, what, would, what do you know now that you wish you had uh, had, had an understanding of when you were uh, a senior in high school getting ready to head off into, uh, into college and, and pursue other avenues?
1: I would just say trust yourself. You know, who you are can be what your passion is. I'm Nigerian, American, I'm a female, I'm an athlete. And everything I do professionally, um, working for Sports Center Africa at ESPN, being a professional athlete right now, being uh, on the WNBA, the Players Association, like these are all things that I consider part of my identity, and they become who I am and they've taken me places. So just trusting who you are. And um, pursuing your passions with a with a vengeance, because then so many doors open. So that's a push, and everything's not perfect. You know, you just got to go with the flow.
0: That's great. We are we're looking forward to it. Uh and those of us here at uh, at KSCI this is uh, this event is really one of the highlights of the year for us, uh, where we get to honor all these exceptional student athletes, and uh, and we are very very excited to have you in attendance uh, on Sunday to uh, to chat with them. So Chine, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck uh, as the season gets underway here, and we're we're looking forward to hearing from you on Sunday. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: My pleasure. See you Sunday. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much to Sinead. That was a wonderful conversation, and I could not be more excited to hear what she has to say uh, this weekend. Just for that little preview, uh, we are very, very excited to uh, to see what she's going to have to say. Uh, of course, you can check out the uh, the Connecticut Sun season is getting underway uh, a little bit later this month, so check out uh, check out what they are doing over there, and you can, of course, uh, follow t- Sinead, uh, and congratulations to her as she was recently um, – Announced that along with her WNBA season, she will also be serving as a full-time analyst for the w- for the NBA for ESPN. So uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous young woman, and uh, we're very, very excited to uh, to have her serving as our keynote speaker. You can follow her on Twitter at Sheeney321. C H I N E Y 321 is where you can follow her on Twitter. So do that, and uh, and really looking forward, and thank her. For chatting with us uh, getting ready for this weekend as I said this is a big deal for us and we're working on some stories uh, hopefully promoting what these great student-athletes are all about they all uh, all are just outstanding achievers and uh, and have made their schools proud so we're really looking forward to uh, to seeing uh, seeing them all this weekend and to hear what Shanae has to say with that said let's move on to our next guest and this was another one this one was uh Really exciting for me. I'm a big fan of this uh, this gentleman's work. Jeff Perlman uh, has written a number of bestsellers covering the world of sports. He's got one cooking now. It's actually about the USFL uh, Football League. He wrote for Sports Illustrated. Now he writes for The Atlantic, or The Athletic, excuse me, not The Atlantic. That's a different publication. Writes for The Athletic. You can find his work there. You can find his work at jeffperlman.com. But uh, he wrote a story that I just uh, that really, really struck me. So we'll, uh, I won't spoil it too much. We'll just uh, go to, uh, to get our conversation with Jeff, hear what he has to say about this story he wrote and, uh, and some of the messages and, and lessons from it. We have with us today Jeff Perlman of The Athletic and best-selling author. And uh, I'm very, very excited to talk with this uh, gentleman today. He uh, wrote a story recently that really caught my eye. So I wanted to, uh, to get him on the podcast to talk to us about it. Jeff, thanks so much for being with us.
2: Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure.
0: So, wanted to, uh, to reach out to you. Um, saw online uh, at The Athletic one of uh, uh, a recent story that you wrote um, about your daughter and sort of the, the adventures with her and, and her becoming a, uh, an athlete. So, just wanted to, um, for our listeners who haven't read it, could you just kind of give them the, the Cliff Notes version of, of what you wrote about and, uh, and kind of sketch them in a little bit on what the story was about?
2: Yeah, uh, so I have a daughter, Casey, who's uh, 14, and she's a freshman in high school uh, out here in Southern California, and, uh, you know, Casey was born in, uh, in 2003 and suffered a lot of febrile seizures, and then she was low muscle tone, she had occupational therapy for years and physical therapy for years, and was a complete and total non-athlete. I mean, she, didn't even, she never crawled, you know, she went from, she
3: scooted a little
2: and went to walking, and she... We found them when she was little, we would put like Cheerios on the floor, different <laughs> things on the floor to try to get her to motivate to crawl, but she wouldn't do it. She just would not do it. So she was never physical at all. And we moved to California, and the wife and I decided that um, she needed to do something physical. It doesn't mean she had to do a competitive sport. She never was walking every day. She needed to do something just to get out there mm-hmm. and not always sit in a chair reading books or, you know, whatever. So, um, we were at a party and, and, and someone mentioned that their daughter did water polo and how much she loved water polo. We just moved to California. So we I barely knew water polo existed. Yeah. Um, Said so, you know on the on TV every now and then every four years for the Olympics and that's it. And uh, so we kind of pushed her. My wife gets a lot of credit. She really pushed her to give it a try. And we got Casey you know into the pool and the coach was very supportive. And Casey first day was crying and didn't want to do it and she was able to swim a lap. That's, I think, a lap. And um, and here we are, you fast-forward to three and something years later. She's on the high school team. She absolutely loves it. She did swim team, the like, condition for water polo this season. She's not a great athlete by any measure. You know? right. She's not a not varsity. She's a freshman. She's on you know the low-run team. But it's cha- it just changed her life, and it's given her, from the rhythms of sports to the camaraderie, you know, the bus rides home from events um, it's just given her something that she never had. So for all the negatives I see in youth sports, and there are a gazillion negatives <laughs> I see in sports these days, uh, this has brought uh, me, my family, certainly my daughter, real joy and, and value.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a remarkable story, and, and I uh, encourage folks and, and really hope they'll, uh, they'll go check it out. So obviously, um, you know, you're a, a professional writer. You write about all sorts of things. I'm just curious, you know, why uh, obviously, you know, from the personal side, this has been had a big impact on you, but I'm curious, what made you want to share it, uh, you know, with a wider audience? What was the, you know, um, the kind of, your motivation to to tell this story and, and to, to share it with folks, uh, you know, maybe beyond uh, the folks who knew you out there and knew about it?
2: I think, number one, like the greatest motivator is I'm just ridiculously proud of my daughter. You know, <laughs> I am I am so unspeakably proud of her. Even when you were asking that question, I started tearing up. I mean, it, it gives me such great joy and such pride.
3: Yeah. And, you know,
2: like, I have a column today in The Athletic, and it's about how the Houston Astros should have retired J.R. Richards' uniform number long ago. And, and um, you know, it was nice to write, and I do, I do believe that, but it's not the same passion as sure. if you see something happening in front of you. And it's just, you know, sometimes it's okay. I'm not one of these writers or one of these sports media people who thinks, you know, it's all about me, and all the people care about is me, and I should always write about me. I, I was raised sort of at Sports Illustrated in the 90s the opposite that is not about you yeah but every now and then if you have something that maybe disturbs you i think it's okay to write about your family or your kids or an experience so i just this one really did it for me i just decided i was going to do it
0: yeah uh what is uh you know you you talked about just her not only that you know she she didn't possess a lot of athletic ability but really had no interest uh in it so you know what is that sort of uh that growth and change been like in her is it just you know you, you feel like maybe she just experienced some success for the first time, and that's kind of what got her you know, to, to not feel like it was a, a chore or a job that her parents were maybe forcing her into. What has that, uh, that transition been like for her?
2: So I think the number one thing about sports that gets way overlooked in this sort of era of push, 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 you know, push our kids to be this and push our kids to be that, is the simple the simplicity of camaraderie,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
2: of having something to talk about, of having something to look to every day. Uh, to commiserate with teammates, I think there's a real power in that. I really do. And, and I, I've seen it with her, how much she enjoys talking about water polo and talking about swimming with her friends and having this shared experience. That's a, that's a powerful drug, you know? And, and so more than anything for her, I've seen that. I mean, certainly she's, a, she's actually an athlete, which is amazing. If you had told me years ago your daughter's going to be an athlete, or athletic, I'd be like, no, nah, it's just not. I, no way, not possible. And she's an athlete. And she's not a great athlete. She's not going to swim at Stanford, but she's an athlete. And I think that's given her a lot of pride. And you see, she, you know, she, she does everything an athlete would do. She complains about the days when they have to lift weights. like <laughs> uh, I got to lift weights today, Dad. You know, you know, you'll be okay. You know, she, she'll whine about you know too many having to do too many laps on a certain day. She'll come home and she'll just eat and eat and eat because she swam for two hours. You know, all those things. That are part of it. Right. Um, she has in her life now, and I just—it's never ever been about winning and losing. I don't think she cares that much. What place, you know, if the team wins a tournament or whatever? It's, for her, it's more about the, the journey and doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think, um, and and I, it's it's amazing to see. Do you, you have feel like you know you have seen, um, you know a a specific, I shouldn't say specific, but you have seen the impact this has had on her in terms of, you know, whether it's socially, um, you know, or anything like that, that just being able to participate has had beyond the physical?
4: Yeah, well, I think,
2: all right, so we moved here four years ago. My daughter at the time was uh, entering middle school. And, you know, she joined, we, you know, kind of pushed her to join a local water polo club, you know, youth club, Mm -hmm. uh, shortly thereafter. And you think about, I mean, just on that level, like, you're moving to a new state across the country. You don't know anyone.
3: Yep.
2: Uh, it's almost like the, the, you know, the sliding doors movie with Gwyneth Paltrow. If she doesn't do water polo and she's just walking into school, where she doesn't really have any friends and she doesn't have any activities and everyone is already in their group. That's a really tough way to sort of be a kid. Mm-hmm. And instead, you know, she, you, you go the other route and she has, again, this community and this thing to look forward to and this thing to be involved in. So, yeah, I mean, it's, again i can't i can't i can't overstate how important and how really great this has been for her yeah
0: um it seemed like uh reading the piece uh excuse me maybe the the sort of uh, unsung hero in it a little bit and uh, you certainly uh give him some credit is the coach who uh you know that first day you you talk about how you know the the reluctance and you know that the there was no pressure and uh you know just kind of want it seemed to be just uh, you know, easing her into her involvement. How critical was that to sort of have that component of it start? You know, to to not heap on expectations or or, or anything like that early from the coaching perspective. Uh, from what you saw, it's yeah, also really interesting. I um,
2: you know, I spent a lot of my life covering Major League Baseball when I was at SI, and so when you think of coaches uh, after doing SLI, you tend to think of coaches on the Joe Torrey, Joe Girardi, Bobby Valentine kind of level of mm-hmm. coaches. And you forget about what coaching really means, which is instructing and guiding and advising, you know, really at the level of the major league level, you're not really doing that much of that. It's more managing egos and personalities and, uh, you know, things of that, a statistical analysis. And at this level, you really see the impact of coaching. Um, I coach on my son, my son played, my son is 11. He plays flag football out here mm-hmm. and our team's terrible. My son is <laughs> mediocre. And, uh, we played a game two weeks ago with a coach and the opposing team. Again, this is 11-year-old flag football. There's no pro flag football league these kids are going to. You're not getting a college scholarship for flag football. The coach and the other team, I think it was the first play of the game, the quarterback made a beautiful throw and he just overthrew his wide receiver. I think that was the play. And the coach screams, what are you doing? What are
3: you thinking?
2: Get over here! And pull the kids in the game. Compare that to my daughter's coach who... She shows up, she's nervous, she's scared. Look, you're going to be okay. That was a great first step, you know, after she swims a, a lap. Yeah. That was a great first day. You should come back tomorrow. It's going to get better. You know, nurturing. Um, you know, and he gets tougher as they get older. Sure. He gets more demanding as they get older. But he never gets, he's never obnoxious. He's never over the top. He's always sort of helping and pushing and, you know, nudging and, and encouraging. I mean, that stuff, that's how you keep athletes. That's a good coach. And an encouraging coach is the difference between a guy who sticks or old girl who sticks it out for four years as opposed to one who winds up on the couch playing, you know, Xbox after after two because he doesn't he's getting no joy out of it. Yeah. She's getting no joy out of it. So
0: Yeah. No, it's uh you know, and obviously uh, part of the reason um that I reached out to you and, and certainly wanted to to talk to you in this context is, you know, these are the 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 conversations and sort of the topics that our organization, you know, deals with uh, on a daily basis. This sort of um, and I, and I, the word that I always come back to is perspective, you know, this push for perspective when it comes to youth sports or high school sports. And, you know, uh, you talk about in the in the story and not in this context, but, you know, you've been around competitive people. You're a competitive person. I think a lot of us are, you know, have that sort of competitiveness and you get in these situations and it's hard to to find the, the balance uh, that, that we really want between understanding the benefits of that participation that your daughter has found and, and not, you know, making it the end-all be-all, the end result. I'm just curious if you've sort of, you know, from all of the things you've seen both with your daughter and from what you've covered is, you know, how do we, we kind of work on or, or emphasize that, the perspective and balance that maybe we, that seems to be at least drifting out of whack uh, maybe in our youth sports with, with the kind of coach you talked about?
2: Well, I mean, I always think about this. Um, I always try to. I feel too often when we get older, we forget what it was to be a kid mm-hmm. and we forget the joy. And I mean, I grew up in an era where I, mean, I think I'm 46. So I grew up <laughs> playing Kill the Carrier in the front yard, playing tackle football in the backyard with my friends, you know, uh, playing hoops in the driveway, even if it was icy, you know, till midnight and, and, and this joy. And I remember that vividly. And I think what too often we do and that we really need to remind ourselves of. I really mean this, because I, I, I think about this all the time, is that span from 1 to 18 goes in the blink of an eye. Yeah. It flies by in the blink of an eye. I, I can't believe my daughter's almost done with her freshman year of high school. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I, it, it, it simultaneously you know, brings me great joy and breaks my heart. And I think it is a criminal act to take the, the joy of youth away from your kids in the name of trying to get a scholarship or in the name of your kid being able to hit a line drive in the gap. You know, like, you just, this, this youth is so fleeting. And once it's gone, it's over. It's completely over. It's gone. So with my kids, and I, I'm not always successful, but, but I really try to remember um, what it is to be young yeah. and that the joy that comes with that will not last very long. And, and to nurture that and to sort of soothe it, and to, you know, just remember how important it is.
0: Yeah, there's no question. And, and as you said, you know, that, that uh, to whatever the end goal is, whether it's, uh, you know, winning one game, it's not worth, uh, not worth losing, uh, you know, the, the joy and the, all the other benefits that come from, uh, from participation that you talk about so much uh, in the story. I
2: also you've done.
3: say, I also
2: think the important point that people forget also is, I always think, like, whenever I see a coach, like that coach who was screaming at his kid two weeks ago, I guarantee you, if you went up to him now and said, "So, what was the score of that game?" He would have no idea. Who led your team in Russian? He would have no idea.
3: Yeah. Did you win or lose?
2: He may not even remember that. Like, it's it all seems so important in the moment, and it's not. It's forgettable, and it's you know, it's, it's, it's transient. It does not last long. Um, what matters is truly what is remembered is the fun and the joy and the enriching moments. Yep. But winning and losing stuff is fleeting, especially at that age. It's just fleeting. I, and I covered Major League Baseball for seven years. I can't tell you who won the, you know, the game I covered between the Yankees and whoever on June fifth, <laughs> two thousand and one. Right. It's not the stuff as a memory. What I remember are the great moments and the joy and the, you know, the excitement and the thrills and the smells and I, I just we way overrate winning and losing Way. Right. Yep.
0: No question. Particularly at the, you know, with, the, with those kids, it's uh and you know, yep. we're, I, I work for a state association that, that sponsors and oversees the state tournaments. You know, we were, we're, we're about winning and losing uh, in that regard, but uh, that should never be the, the primary focus or the, you know, the end goal of what, uh, what kids are doing in youth sports or, or in the, even at the high school level. I think that's the, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to have goals and to to be ambitious and to want to, you know, compete and to win, but uh, that should never be kind of the end uh, end focus. And I think that that's where maybe we uh, have lost our way at times. And uh, hopefully we just keep talking about it and, and keep uh, giving it some perspective and some sunlight like you have in this story, and, and we'll uh, keep making some progress with it. So, uh, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, uh, so I, I really appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, the, the story is at The Athletic. That's where you can find Jeff's work, along with uh, jeffperlman.com. Uh, he also hosts a podcast. You can find all kinds of good stuff there. And, uh, Jeff, we really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for, uh, for sharing the story, and uh, all the best to your daughter. I uh, hope, uh, hope the good, uh, good work continues and the, the good experiences continue for her.
2: All right, thank you so much. Take care.
0: Thank you so much to Jeff Perlman. Uh, uh, really appreciate it. He's on the uh, the opposite coast, so trying to find a time that uh, we could uh, could get together during my work day and his uh, very busy schedule uh, proved to be a little tricky, but we got it. And I really uh, – he was more than generous uh, to talk with me, and I really, really appreciate it. So I uh, hope that story – hope, everyone, I really commend to you that story. Go look it up. It um, has all, th- all the things that I think our, our, our listeners, and uh, whether they be students, whether they be parents – uh, whether they be fans, can can relate to and uh, hope folks check it out. It really is a, is a wonderful piece, and uh, I, I couldn't be more thrilled that he took some time to talk with us about it. So thanks again to, uh, to Jeff and uh, jeffperlman.com uh, and The Athletic is where you can find uh, uh, information about all of his great work. Finally, we wrap things up now. A favorite of the CIAC cast, one of the gentlemen I just love talking to because he's got thoughts on all kinds of stuff, and he writes great stories, for the Waterbury Republican American, let's get on the phone with Joe Palladino. We always enjoy touching base with Joe Palladino of the Waterbury Republican American. He, uh, he cautioned me that uh, this time of year he's more of a, a general assignment uh, person up there in Waterbury without a specific uh, sport to cover in the high school ranks. But we still love getting Joe on the phone to hear what's, uh, what's caught his attention and what he's been writing about uh, in, in, the, in Waterbury. So Joe, thanks as always for being with us. Joel, how are you? And it's always a pleasure to be asked. <laughs> well, <anyway. laughs> well I am doing just fine and I am excited to uh, we we have I have been derelict in getting my uh, my CIC casts on the air because of some technical issues and other things so we're uh, we're excited to be back having some of these conversations about the world of high school sports so let me uh, just kind of open things up here and say you know we're uh, we've sort of uh, stumbled out of the blocks a little bit with the spring sports season in the in the world of high school sports uh, thanks to a uh, a particularly nasty uh, spring weather which mm-hmm. I'm sure is not a revelation to anybody but uh, I'm I'm curious, what um, what has been catching your attention either in uh, in your part of the state or just in general uh, as you're sort of uh, getting into the spring sports season here and, and things starting to heat up, uh, thankfully, a little bit?
4: Well, I tell you what, uh, I think what we're seeing in our area, um, let, let's stick with, uh, you know, like the sports that most people uh, chat about and like mm-hmm. baseball and softball. I have to say, in the North Effect Valley League, um, there isn't. Any clear-cut favorite? There's probably four or five teams that could win the championship, and it can't be more fun. Especially, I would say in the next in the next week or two mm-hmm. is when when everything is going to get fired up, and you know, leading into the NBL tournament. Right. Uh, I'm so glad they went to that NBL tournament. I mean, I was kind of, and as most conferences do, now was so hesitant about it in the olden days because you know you think a real way to determine a champion is, is the full regular season, and then and then is it fair to just have everything come down to the one little three-day tournament or, you know, right. a half-week tournament? But I'll tell you what, this NBL baseball tournament is going to be wild. Yeah. And between St. Paul and, and Holy Cross and Wilkett and, and who else is in there, the Sacred Heart's having a great season. So it's, got, it's going to be absolutely sensational. Um, and, of course, in, so, and Chapada, by the way, is, is running away with the Berkshire League. What a great baseball program they got over there. Up in the deep county, I tell you, they put all kinds of kids in the major leagues. You know, Willie Yan from Hoosie and all those great pitchers up, up at, uh, in the northwest corner. Shepard wow. has a couple of Scribners, I guess, in the major leagues. Uh, that, and, they're, and they're just running away with it. So that's a lot of fun. And of course, when it comes to softball, they're Seymour. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're rocking and rolling once again. It's a pleasure to, you know, it's a true joy to watch Seymour play softball. They always have wonderful pitchers. They, they have this freshman kid who, I can't, I can't remember her name, I covered a game the other day, she rocks the the, the softball, um, and uh, Becca Johnson is hitting like, what, 900? Yes. Oh, I, don't, I don't even know what's going on over there. It's just, it's, it's crazy fun. Uh, I don't have anybody out there thinks, oh, it's just, it's just softball, so it's, it's boring. I tell you what, you're to watch these top teams play. You're amazed at, at how these kids play the game, so yeah. it's yeah so that, no, that's the early season uh, fun we're having right now
0: yeah no I'd love uh you know I think there's always something about uh you know seeing a a team whatever it might be and, and in in your region obviously see more softball, but just these teams that seem to have uh have almost perfected a a, a sport to some <laughs> degree you know that they just uh seems like every year and, and you don't know how it happens in high school, but these programs are built that uh that just replenish themselves every year and and have new kids coming in and they're still just as good. And they just, uh, do a tremendous job, uh, you know, kind of keeping it going year after year. And, uh, it's fun to see, as you said, you've got the maybe a little bit of parody on the the baseball side, but then that uh, that consistently strong uh, softball program at Seymour. Um, one of the things, and this is uh, a little peek behind the curtain, in, in terms of the CIAC cast, is I, I try to keep an eye on things that people are uh, are writing around the state about the world of high school sports, and when I see something that uh, that really piques my interest, I will uh, I'll give that uh, that writer a call and kind of uh, try and see if he'd be happy to talk to me about it, and in this case. Joe wrote a story about uh, uh, Jim McKee, the longtime uh, swim coach at Naugatuck High School for the boys and the girls, uh, and the fact that he's retiring from the uh, the boys' swim program, still going to be coaching the girls. But uh, as a non-native of Connecticut, you know, and even in this position with so many schools and so many coaches, you know, I admit there, you know, I don't always know all these great uh, stories and all these great characters kind of in the world of high school sports. Uh, so I kind of rely on the folks out there like Joe doing the stories. And and in this case, Joe, I, I was just so taken by that story. And, and you're kind of uh, regaling some of the stories about uh, Jim McKee. Just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that one and, uh, and, and get, pe- let people get to know him a little bit, uh, at least as he's uh you know, decided to to step away from the boys' swim program at Naugatuck? Well, you know, uh,
4: I I think this is, yeah, I bet you every state can say it, every association can say it. But we're very lucky that the the people that we have coaching our kids are remarkable
3: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, in all sports. Uh, Connecticut has really had a tremendous group. Of swim coaches through the years, yes, that have been inspirational, and and McKee is just one of them. Obviously, I, we could we could run down a list for as long as your arm. Mm-hmm. McKee McKee is one of them. Now, of course, I you know I, I worked in Naugatuck specifically for ten years and got to watch it up close and personal, particularly in the early nineties when they had all those All Americans and were winning state opens and and the glory days of the program. Yeah, um, and. and and some of, the, some of the rival parent groups and coaches did not always love the uh, the Nagataka style and the Nogatuck tactics. I, I got a big kick out of it. You know how that gets when it sure. gets when a rivalry gets pretty intense. What what made McKee stand out? And I think this is what makes a great coach stand out: is that he coached life, not just swimming. And, and thats what I loved about it. Sure. I mean, I would occasionally be allowed in for the talks. Before practices, um, and he would say, "Oh yes, come on over. We're going to have a practice. I, I just got to talk to the. <laughs> he would say, I just got to talk to the guys for a minute, and then and then we can talk." And I'd say, "Okay," and I'd get there, and of course, his talk with the swimmers had gone for forty-five minutes, <laughs> and not often had anything to do with swimming, right? Um, and and the kids, the kids just he had them eating out of his hands because he talked life, he talked responsibility, he talked dedication. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he. They, they had great teams sometimes. There were kids that weren't working hard enough. And he didn't sit the kid down because the kid's not going to listen to him. So he would make his team members talk to the kid. He would make his the peers do, do the face-to-face. And, sure. and the, you know, he, he just knew how to communicate with these kids, and he knew how to get other kids involved. And, of course, he had the crazy. You know, he had the crazy banners. He had the... Uh, the eyes the, of shaving cream man, um, <laughs> which used to make people nuts. So the kid would come out of the locker room at the NBL meet all covered in shaving cream like a, like a frothing dog. <laughs> um, and the fans would go berserk. Um, there, there was nothing like NBL swimming. yeah, um, But that type of excitement. And, and I think, you know, that, that's, that's what McKee was all about. Uh, again, he, he made people crazy. Um, with his coaching style. I think the one thing, if there was anything I loved the most, is I would go over to the Nogatook pool, you know, if I was going to do an advance for a big meet, mm-hmm. and in the pool would be the star swimmer. I don't know what kind of city he wrote, <laughs> <laughs> but the star swimmer from the other team. And I, I would say, Jim, what, what is... You know, like Ben Michelson of Seymour, the great, the great, the great Seymour... Uh, Butterflyer. Uh, what, is, what, what is that? Ben Michelson, 9-1? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was one of the Marshans from Torrington. Right. And, and, you know, the coaches never had anyone that fast. And McKee did. He had incredibly fast kids. He knew how to train them. Hey, Jim, can I send this kid down to you? Absolutely. And down the kid would come and they, yeah, you know, the camaraderie you'd see in the pool. then they try to beat each other's brains in oh, two yeah. nights later. And, and you know, the kid that he was just training was beating his top guy, and Jim would love it. He had a big smile on his face. Nothing better than seeing the kid go fast. I mean, where do you get this kind of stuff? You know, this is... So, the good news is he's still going to be coaching the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I will point out, by the way, that Jim has stepped down from his coaching position before. <laughs> and they couldn't fill the position, so he had to come back in. And, and let me just say this. How do you follow... I don't want to embarrass him, but how do you follow Vince Lombardi? How do you follow Casey Spangle? Uh, how do you follow, I don't know, you just you him any coach you want. And yeah. so th- I guess there's been inquiries about the job, but everyone's thinking, like, what in the world, why would I want to follow Jim McKee and Noggy Swimming? Yeah. Um, so, so they're going to have a hard time filling that position. <laughs> I wouldn't be a bit surprised if next December he's standing there on the deck again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and you know the funny thing is, I've I've known the other thing too is I've known the McKee family since I was a little kid, and 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 the athlete, the athletes in that in that household were were unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, you know, McKee was an All American at Southern with, with uh, Eddie at Austin. They were they were they were teammates. Mm-hmm. The longtime Cheshire coach, Teammates, I think, um, and, and they're both. Both uh, stubborn and hard-headed. So you can imagine the Nardie Cheshire swim meet back in the day. Oh my gosh, the paint would peel off the walls. The intensity (laughs) of the pool was so great. Um, It's what makes this job... So awesome, Joel, I got to tell you, being around those kind
0: of people. Yeah, no question. And I think, you know, I mean, and obviously, you know, all of your levels of sports have it. But I think you get these uh, these kind of characters in the world of high school sports even a little more. One, because there's just so many, you know, so many schools, so many sports, so many coaches, Uh, you know, you're bound. uh, The numbers would suggest. But, uh, you know, I think people have the freedom to kind of uh, take on, you know, the the kind of. personality that they want for those jobs and, and sort of are, are freed at least a little bit to uh, kind of express themselves. So if I, I commend the uh, Joe's story on, on Jim McKee and the the paragraph at the end about how hard is hard. I won't, uh, I won't spoil it, but uh, I, I will admit I, I've, I've thought about kind of cutting that out and putting it up on my wall because it's really uh, well, just you know, ask, stuff. You to, but the truth of the matter is, every time you think you've done your best, the question you have to ask yourself
4: is, well, did you... Just because you did something a little better than time before, was it still your best? Yep. The, you know, the kids, so of course, it was my, my, my I swam hardest. It was my all-time best time. And Jim would say, well, but, but was it your hardest? Yeah. Well, what were you, how are we going to get you to go even faster now? It's, it's the ultimate question. It did not even going on me at the time it was happening. Yeah. How important that question is. How hard is
0: hard? Yeah. It's a... It's a Yes. So yeah, go read the story. Thank you, Joel. You're welcome. That no, story. I really. I, that's it's a <laughs> and that's just a wonderful. Again, uh, just a, an amazing as you say sort of uh you know coaching i, I don't know if it's a technique or, or whatever you want to call it right. but just a philosophy that and, and, uh, certainly is not just uh applicable to uh high school swimmers let's put it that way absolutely, uh, absolutely <laughs> um, correct so uh th- one other story that i know you've been uh you've kind of weighed in on a little bit and uh it is certainly making some news up in your part of the state and and we certainly don't need to get into you know pluses or minuses or anything like that but um, the sort of uh, the the decision uh, at least the current decision it appears of uh, of Lewis Mills high School to uh, to move to the the CCC and you know we've seen a lot of this in the world of high school sports uh, you know schools kind of trying to find uh, a place where they fit in best uh, right. I- in the league structure and obviously as the CIAC, we you know leave it up to the schools to, to determine what's going to be best for them um, a- as these things progress but I've just sort of been interested in your coverage of it and particularly the uh, the sort of recent development of some of the students uh at Lewis Mills kind of taking the lead just to at least say you know if we're going to make this decision let's have kind of all the best information I I was just really taken by that and uh we, uh, our executive director, Chris Anihoff, has said here, if we just kind of get out of the way and let the students uh, show us what to do, a lot of times we'll be better off uh, as leaders and administrators so I'm just kind of curious if you could kind of tell people what's been going on with that and, and particularly that kind of development with the students really uh, really taking the lead in this uh, this story
4: Well first off, as far as the students go, my concern might be that they started a little bit too late yeah and I, I think the story the, the story was going at a little quicker pace than anyone anticipated. I don't say that they started late as a criticism. It just sort of, it just sort of began to pick up momentum.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And, you know, and, and obviously the board has, has cast a vote. I also want to stress that any time we discuss the issue, it, it no, we never in any, uh, have any intention of being critical of the CCC. It, it is one of the state's great conferences. I sure. mean, it's huge. The schools there are sensational. And, of course... The president, the commissioner of the CCC, Dan Scavone, is a Waterbury guy, and we <laughs> love him to death, so we, we, just, we just love the, the CCC, but you know, I think one of the things we've seen in the last decade or so is a lot of teams hopscotching all over the place, and I, they should be where they feel they would fit best. It creates a little bit of instability. In, in the case of the, the Northwest Corner, again, we love the Northwest Corner, the Berkshire League... It's just a a strange, little, perfect, small, great conference. But some of the problems that they have is we've got, you know, the Class M schools, which would be Mills, Donalogue, and Northwestern, in some cases um, have sort of outpaced the the Class S schools. Mm -hmm. But not enough that I should think they would want to hop up and, and join another conference. Now, Mills is looking for the stability of the CCC, and there's no doubt it's there. Yeah, if that's what you got to have, then then go ahead and do it. Um, so that that's kind of what they're what they're discussing right now. Personally, we would miss them tremendously. You know, they're they're sort of an outreach school for us. I I I've always joked, I wouldn't mind not going to Nassauhegan Field, <laughs> which is this, this little this glorious little soccer field for Saturday night state tournament games at six o'clock when it's twenty degrees. Yeah, but we would miss Lewis Mills tremendously because I. I've always found the kids to be sensational. I always tease Carissa Neah off about it because that's, she came from there. I we really always make fun of her about it. But, you know, we would miss them tremendously, and, it, and the league would be somewhat devastated mm-hmm. for any one of the schools to leave, to pack up and leave. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can say is I'm hoping this, this whole discussion – motivates the Berkshire League to dig in to, see, to uh, its issues, what, what, how they can solve some of the problems and the reasons that Lewis Mills needs to go elsewhere. You know, a, a loss of sub-varsity sports, for example. Um, so, you know, and the travel, you know, so the kids are saying, yeah, we want to be in the county. We love the county. We want to be part of this neck of the woods to join the CCC. Suddenly you're in Bristol you're in and Windsor and Seventon and... Goodness knows if Mills can handle that academic, me, that uh, that athletic competition. Right. Some feel they can, others feel they can't. So, um, you know, no one should be listening to me, of course. But all I <laughs> hope they stay. <laughs> um, I- I'll say this: some schools have done this in the past and have thrived. Mm-hmm. Um, because they they've seen that their community was changing, their their school enrollment was enlarging, and they wanted better competition. It's like Tom and Brookfield once left the Berkshire League to go to the SWC, and look how spectacular they're doing. Yep. Uh, is that the same case for Mills? Though um, I, I don't know. So you know, and of course, the, there's the potential for the NBL Berkshire League merger, which I I don't I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Um, it could strengthen this section in the state and, and it could help all the teams but um but who knows anyway it's quite a drama and i really do think you know the kids are trying to organize
3: <laughs>
4: See, here's the thing I, I believe the school is preparing its application for the ccc as we speak right last i heard they hadn't applied formally yet while the kids are trying to gather momentum to say no no no, don't do it so i I mean, this is something i got to look into. I don't know if the kids in the administration are kind of there's a little tug of war going here. So it's
0: really fascinating, Joe. Yeah, yeah. No, these. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, you know these topics are are tricky in the world of you know they're tricky in in any world of uh, of sports. But I think in high school sports, you know, you you talked about that instability and and you know I think you know, with the CIAC and I, I certainly don't. Uh, you know, feel, you know, I'm not going to profess that we get it right 100% of the time or even, you know, 80% of the time, whatever it might be, but you, you sort of hope that perspective is uh, is kind of kept uh, of what we're trying to do here in the world of high school sports. You know, everyone wants to, you know, get, get the best situation for their school, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you hope that the sort of big picture uh, – perspective is at least looked at and i think that that's always at least the hope when, when these decisions so. are made um and i, I don't and the no believe they're not them to go
4: because they wouldn't win as much I would say, well, if, if winning is the only parameter for your decision that's the wrong way to look at it yeah yeah you, you need to make sure you fit in other ways transportation and In a thousand different ways. Sure. So as long as it's not just about what will our one-loss record be if we stay here versus we stay over there, then you know what? We'll support any decision. As long as you're making the decision for all the right reasons, I I, I don't deny that that they are. So hopefully they do the right thing.
0: Yep. I think that's uh, that is well stated. So we uh, we we've taken up enough of uh, Mr. Palladino's time. This is why we love getting on the phone with him because he can uh, he can talk with the best of them, and, and we love hearing what he has to say. He can talk and write, I should say, with the best of them. So I uh, we we always appreciate it, Joe. It's been great reading, uh, as I said, that uh, the story about Jim McKee really uh, kind of blew my hair back a little bit. What what hair I have left, and, uh, and, and just thought it was tremendous. And, and some of the other things you've been doing there. So uh, wanted to get you on the horn. And, and say uh, well done, and uh, we appreciate it as always, and enjoy the rest of the spring season.
4: Thank you, John. I appreciate you asking me, and I will see you down the line on state tournament time, I'm
0: sure. Yes, indeed. Thanks so much to Joe. Apologize for a little bit of the uh, the, the sketchy uh, sound there on that interview. We are trying to work out something with Joe's phone, and uh, I think the error was on my end, not his, but uh, I apologize for that. Hopefully you can hear Joe well enough because he's got uh, some great things to say, and, and as always, you can check out his story. Even after recording that interview, I found two more stories of his that I would, uh, would recommend. So just go check out the Waterbury Republican American. Uh, check it out online. You can subscribe, of course. And, uh, and look up all the great work that Joe's doing. As he said, this time of year, he's not focused on individual sports as much as he is kind of general uh- – general topics and he's been all over the place on some great stuff uh so please check out all of joe's great work as well so we thank joe palladino we sincerely thank jeff perlman we're so grateful to shine Ogumake for coming on and chatting with us thanks 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 this was really a lot of fun i hope you folks enjoyed it some great conversations a little bit different this time around not uh solely focused on connecticut high school sports but hope that you all enjoyed uh our our guests this week and uh and joining us we're really thrilled to be back. We apologize for being on hiatus for so long as I said, some technical difficulties some of the uh the the always uh breath that we take after getting through the winter championships uh kind of got us started and then the uh the technical difficulties cropped up, but we're thrilled to be back. I am thrilled to be back with you. hopefully we will stick to our every other week. Schedule from here on out again follow us on twitter at ciac sports check out ciac sports.com and dot sports.com for all of the great information follow the uh the podcast uh subscribes on subscribe on itunes uh google play stitcher you can hear us all of those places uh subscribe so you get it uh, delivered to you automatically of course Rate us, leave us a review. If you uh, do listen to us on iTunes, we'd love that. Uh, Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. What else can I tell you? Subscribe for uh, subscribe for uh, schedule email or updates. Uh, that's a good thing. Text updates. That's a good thing to do as well. And once again, email us. C-I-A-C-C-A-S-T, that's 2-C-I-A-C-C-A-S-T, at c a s c i a c dot o r g. A lot of C's in our that uh, that email, but uh, let us know who should we be talking to. Any other stories that caught your eye? We try to keep an eye on things, but uh, we, we're certainly not going to catch everything. So please. Uh, Send us an email if there's something you'd like us to cover or uh, something you uh, a topic or a story or a guest that you'd like to see. So that is going to do it. Very, very busy edition. Again, thank you to all of our guests for joining us. We're so thrilled to be back with you with another edition. And uh, we hope you'll be joining us once again. I promise we will try to stick to our every other week posting schedule. Lots of good things to talk about in the world of Connecticut high school sports and beyond. So until next time, we thank you so much for listening. Hope you'll be with us again for another edition of the CIAC cast.